Welcome to the Find Your Awesome Podcast. My name is Kelsey Abbott. I'm a confidence coach and instigator of joy. I believe that we are all so much more powerful than we can possibly understand. My goal with these conversations is to introduce you to brave, vulnerable people who are finding and owning their awesome. My guests are leaning into what makes them unique and sharing that uniqueness with the world. I hope these conversations inspire you to break free from whatever is holding you back and to step into your own greatness. Welcome to the Find Your Awesome Podcast. My guest today is Adria DeCourt. She's a messaging coach who helps women coaches uncover the marketing message that lights them up and communicates the value in their work so they can reach more people, scale their business, and start a movement. She's a TEDx speaker and a former architect turned plant ecologist. And I wanted to stop right there because that's what I want to dig into. Like, let's start right there. I want to hear the story, Adria, behind your transition from architect to plant ecologist. Oh my gosh. (laughs) What a good place to start. And first of all, thanks Kelsey for having me on. (laughs) I can tell this is going to be a fun conversation. Um, Okay. So going back to that, I would say that evolution is the one thing that's been constant in my journey as a business owner, as just someone who has a purpose in their life. And And so when I was in high school, around that time, like I've always been a writer. I've always been a word person, a reader. And and so like the logical thing for me to go into would probably be English or journalism or something like that. But I felt at the time, I just, I think I felt like I was done with that part of my life. Like I had focused so much on it in my school. I was an international baccalaureate, which had like a very strong um, literature program. And, and so I think that maybe I was burnt out on it. So I felt like, well, let me try something new and different. And so when I was looking through the list of majors, that's when architecture kind of popped out to me. And I was like, that's really different. And I've never explored anything around there, but I love, love looking at model homes with my mom. <laughs> so, so that's kind of how my, I guess, this first career that I had came about, which is so interesting. It was kind of like on this whim. And then once I got into that field, what I started to realize is how much I love user experience, like thinking through like, how is someone going to move through this space? How are they going to feel when they're in each place? How can I create this experience for someone? And that has definitely tied into like what I do now yeah. <laughs> as like working with people and their messaging and their brand and like, how are, how are people experiencing your communication? How are you connecting? Right. And, and so back then in architecture, I, you know, I got my degree. I you know, went and worked in firms and, you know, being in the real world <laughs> in that field, I, I knew that it wasn't the right thing for me, but it took me a while to kind of have a pull in another direction. And that happened to be ecology and specifically like plants. So botany, um, and, and I started taking classes and, and as things happen in my life, it's just kind of unfolded <laughs> of like this passion and interest and desire that pulled me in that direction. So eventually I ended up going back for my master's in environmental science and, and working in the world of ecology and, and, work, and working for um, the state government here. I worked for the Division of Forestry and, and just managing a lot of natural resources programs essentially. So like having my hands in the world of being able to affect change. Like I had a very entrepreneurial job. My, my boss was an eight hour drive away. And, and so I was managing all these different projects and programs that were, you know, managing grants to plant trees in cities or doing riparian restoration along a river with a damaged ecosystem or um, monitoring bark beetle populations up in the mountains or like all these different things that felt like they were making a difference in a very slow way. (laughs) Uh, But I felt another calling and that was like, I was on my own wellness journey at that time. And, and I had been like listening to so many podcasts and reading so many blogs and, and seeing people put their voices out there, like taking a stand for things. And, 
And I just like had this calling that I wanted to do that too. And so then the evolution kind of progressed in another way. And I started a website, which became a business. And, and then eventually my bit, like that just became my full time thing because I was so much more passionate. So I know this is like short story long, <laughs> but, but like when you, when you ask that question, it just makes me think of this whole evolution of this not straight line, but yet like looking back, like I take pieces of every part of it and I bring it to my work now. Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, and it sounds, I had a very similar path. So this all makes perfect sense to me. And even down to the, like in high school, I was really into English and I got to college and like my first English class, I was like, no, <laughs> not it. But then I went to an art history class and I was like this, cause it turns out it's like the analysis that I love. I, I love words, but like the analysis of the image and the play and the colors and all of it. So I was in art history. I actually double majored in art history and psychology and then went into marine biology and environmental management and then went into coaching and same yeah. thing. Like it's, it <laughs> seems like, like a complete, like random scatter plot. But then looking back, Oh, it's actually like a fairly straight line. Right? It makes sense. Like I just followed my curiosity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. I love the parallels. And I know we've talked about this before, like these parallels in our journeys and, and it does, it feels like it's following that curiosity, following that spark. And, yeah. and I know, um, Elizabeth Gilbert had a talk that she did. I, I don't know if you saw it, like a, it was a little while back now, but it was about the hummingbird, I think something like that in the title, but it was essentially around that she'd been talking about um, people finding their passion for so long and people feel like, oh gosh, I got to find my passion. How come I can't find it? But what if they're a hummingbird and they're kind of following their curiosity to different things and, and then there can be different ways of doing it. And that's kind of how, yeah, that's how I think of myself is is that I'm not a person that, you know, grew up and thought, okay, I'm going to be a doctor and then became a doctor, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like yeah. following the path, like in the intuition and inspiration and, and move, just continuing to move forward on that path. Mm -hmm. And do you feel like you're exactly where you're supposed to be right now? Yes. Yes, definitely. Yeah. More so even I, and it's funny because I never could have predicted this point. Like even when I started my coaching business several years ago, I started in wellness and I never could have predicted that I would be supporting people around messaging <laughs> and helping them kind of find, you know, the core idea behind their business and helping them even get clarity on what they do. Like I never could have predicted that, even though those are the things that I've always been really good at. And they're the things that get me all excited and they're easy. And I feel like this is, this is where I should be. But if you had asked me four years ago when I was, you know, supporting people around wellness, like I, I would not have, I knew that I was good at that myself, but I couldn't have told you that. I think at some point early on and well, definitely like as kids and then even early on in our entrepreneurial journey, it feels like we don't know that's an option. Yeah. Like, well, wait, I can do that. That's just what I'm good at. So that's what I could do. That just doesn't, because it's so against what we're taught as kids. Because as kids, you're taught, these are the options of what you can do when, you're grow, when you grow up. I even remember a kid's book. It was like, you can be a pilot, you can be a vet, you can be a doctor. Right. I don't know if lawyer was in there. You could be a teacher. I, I had such a struggle. Like in college, when, when I was there for my first degree in architecture, again, I already knew it wasn't right, but I did not know what to go into. Like I didn't, I, I, it's like I had the sense, but I just had to let my, my life unfold and then let the next thing come to me. But like I searched, I went to the career counseling office and took tests and all these different things, but it's like there wasn't really a definition of for, for what I needed to be doing. <laughs> and, and, and it's so interesting because I think, on the opposite side of that, a lot of people end up coming to me because they want a clear cut answer. And then I ended up, end up telling them what you're, the question you're asking is not the actual question you're asking. Yes. <laughs> like, like you want me to give you like some like one liner or some, some just like, um, 
clever elevator pitch or, or title for yourself as a business owner, but that's not really what you need. Mm-hmm. You really are looking for clarity. You're really looking for, for understanding like what it is you really do and who you want to support. And, and it's so much of a, it's a much bigger topic. It's, it's just a much deeper thing. And if you just assign a label to it, it doesn't actually give you what you're looking for. Yeah. I think the first thing we, we naturally want to be able to answer is when people say like, what do you do? You want to be able to say, I am X. Mm-hmm. Like I am X. You want to define yourself by that title. Right. Right. It's like, so am I a career coach or a leadership coach or an empowerment coach? Like, and I'm like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter, but we do have that question. So we're, you know, it's, I get, I mean, I can't tell you how many times that's what people lead with when they reach out to me or when we hop on a call or something like that is, and yeah, my answer is probably initially really unsatisfying. Yeah. <laughs> what like, no, no, say? I don't care. Just tell me. <laughs> Choose one for me. <laughs> I remember that struggle. And I remember the struggle because I have, um, I come from an athletic background and have a lot of athletes like in my circle just struggling with the word coach too. Mm, yeah. And, and desperately searching for a different word. Right. You're like, I it means something different to about. different populations. Yeah. <laughs> Which has always been a, tra- a challenging point for me. Yeah. So what ended up happening there? Um, <laughs> I don't ever call myself a performance coach. I am an official, like I'm a certified professional coach and I am a certified performance coach. But when I say, and a performance coach actually is in all ranges of performance, like athletics, musicians, it can be like your performance speaking, public speaking, whatever it is. And, but when I use that around athletes, they think I just mean like, I'm a triathlon coach. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I did used to be a triathlon coach, but I'm not anymore. And a performance coach actually works on the mindset side of things and Never mind. And then there's a the whole explaining. Story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I hear that. Yeah. It's so usually when usually when someone comes to me and they have that same thing of like, ah, I don't I don't want to confuse people. I want them to understand. Usually we just like remove that whole part of like your label. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we're like, okay, well, what do you actually do? <laughs> let's talk about that. And let's describe what you like when you people ask you that question. Let's just talk let's say something that's going to connect with them and, and not worry about labels for a little while. (laughs) And you know, the, I've, I've played with messaging throughout the whole time that I've been in business and still the most fun I had with it was when people would ask me what I did and I'd say, I help people find their awesome. Yeah. Then that always led to a conversation. Yeah. Then they were like intrigued and they were like, what does that mean? What? (laughs) Yeah. That was fun. Sometimes (laughs) I I believe in following the joy. Yeah. Yeah. And so what me oh my gosh, I'm sorry. I'm like as a podcaster, I'm like asking you all these questions because I'm so curious. This is a (laughs) ask me the question. This is a conversation. It's not an interview. Conversation. (laughs) That's how I like to think of my show too. Yeah. (laughs) So what's your question? So, okay. So, um, so what made you stop saying, I help people find their awesome? I had a lot of people tell me that doesn't mean anything. That's not clear on what you do. <laughs> it's awful because I'd probably say that too, as a coach, I'd be like, well, what does that mean? How does that? <laughs> and they don't typically use it much anymore, but the, I do use it. I used to coach a run group and I just remember using it with the runners And so I'd be like running with them or running past them or they'd be running past me. And so it would be like a conversation that's, you know, you've got like kind of five seconds to drop something and then, you know, they're going to be mulling it over for a little while. (laughs) Then it was most fun to use that. Yeah. They'd like come back after the next interval and be like, so what does that mean? (laughs) And then I'd be able to give a little bit more and a little bit more. Yeah. That was a fun way to do it. Then it's like a mantra. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it sticks with people. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I feel like as, as a word person, like people usually expect me to be like a wordsmither and I'm definitely like editing is my zone of genius, 
<laughs> for sure. But I wouldn't like, I feel like I'm in a way anti clever, anti wordsmithing in my approach. It's like all so simple, but the places that I use, like things that I feel like really catchy and really tight and beautiful like that. Yeah. They're when I kind of have mantras. So one of the things I've noticed is the last couple quarters is I've kind of had a, had a mantra for myself. So um, last quarter, it was people to play with because <laughs> in my business, I was just like, I had this, this craving. I've been doing a lot of one-on-one work and I just had this c- craving for creating community. Like in the past, I've run a lot of challenges for my business. I've done my group program and I hadn't done my group program in over a year. I haven't I hadn't been doing a lot of that kind of thing. And, and so I had this craving for people to play with people to play with. They just kept coming. (laughs) And so I kind of like that became like, yeah, the mantra of the last quarter. And then this one, what's coming up for me and just, and it's like, I didn't even try. It just kept coming up with say things that matter. And, and it just really connected to like the deep need I've had to, to create more connection with my people, to focus on saying things that matter to me, that matter to them. Um, but it's funny because I, I'm not someone who honestly like is that good at pretty phrases like that. I like beautiful, <laughs> beautiful, like titles, like titles are like, I struggle with podcast episode titles for like 10 minutes. I'm like staring at it, like writing it different ways. Like those things are not the natural thing to me. Like I'm, even though I'm a word person, even though people expect me to be good at those things, the stuff that's normally good at me for me is, is more of like crafting the language that connects, being able to get into my people or my clients, people's heads. kind of thing. <laughs> well, it sounds like it's more of an intuitive process. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so what does say things that matter mean to you? Mm, that's good. So what it means to me is, is that so often especially in our online space, we're so caught in strategies and in the way you should do things that what we're putting out there and the things we're saying and the way we're saying them are more like often they're, they're about what is strategic or what we think we should be saying or what we think we shouldn't be saying. And so to me, say things that matter is kind of like, for me, it's first and foremost a call to myself because since I'm, I'm always, I'm like the person who's championing me, my clients to take a stand for things because <laughs> it's messaging. And it's like, you, for me, if you're building a brand and you're building a business and you want to get known for something, you have to have something to get known for. And you have to have kind of like a core message behind your work. And so, you know, as a TEDx speaker, like every TEDx talk, has a core message behind it, has an idea we're spreading. And so when I'm working with business owners, it's like finding what's your, essentially what's your idea with spreading in your business, right? But a lot of that is taking a stand for something that feels really uncomfortable. And I am someone who is, it's much easier for me to like manage the energy of the room and try to like, like that, that intuitive sense of like, okay, what do people need to feel good right now? Like, how can I, and versus just being the person who like says whatever it is and doesn't worry about what's going to happen afterwards. So, so for me, it was first and foremost, like a call to like, if I want my people to take a stand for things that matter to them, then I want to say things that matter to me. And the things that really energize me in my business, like almost every time I'm super energized in my business, it's because I just maybe released an Instagram post where I said something that like moved me to tears or where I had a conversation with someone where like we were both, we both left inspired or I got off the stage and was speaking on something that like I had goosebumps or the audience members had goosebumps. And, and so I feel like everyone has those things that matter to them. And, and so it's kind of, I guess my call to myself and my call to others to be able to say those things that matter. And at the same time to really know your people so that if you're sharing things on social media or, you know, whatever your, your marketing arm or your way of connecting with your people is 
that you're saying things that matter to them too. How do you know what matters? Let's start with, with you. What, how yeah. do you know what matters to you? Ooh, that's a deep question. I know, it's a deep question. <laughs> but I'm curious, is it something that you feel? Does it feel different? Yeah. So for me, it's, yeah, it's about feeling. I'm a, fe- I'm a feeler. <laughs> so for me, it's about, does it charge me up? Does it, in- does it inspire me? Does it move me? Do I have goosebumps? Do I feel like I have tears at the edge of my eyes? Does this feel like it's something that really matters versus I'm just seeing something that, that sounds like it's strategic or sounds like it's what people want to hear? Like, is this something that charges me up? Yeah. It sounds like the way I would describe that for me, and let me know if this is getting, if this resonates with you. Am I speaking from my heart or am I speaking from my head? Yes. So like when I speak from my heart, then it's, it flows. And I actually like, I won't post on social media. I won't write an email. I won't, I won't write if I can't get in my heart. Yeah. Cause I don't want, I don't want that, that strategic, like forcey kind of like muscled through language out there. Cause I'm putting the energy out there. Right. And, and this is, And it sounds like when I say it, I'm sure it sounds so easy, but I know with my clients, it's actually one of sometimes one of the hardest things. It's part of why, honestly, it's part of why we work together so I can help pull it out of them. Yeah. But when you are trying, and I guess the key word is try, like when you're trying to get clarity or you're trying to find the words to communicate something that nobody seems to be understanding even yourself, maybe, <laughs> then it's so easy to get in your head. Like it is so yeah. easy and I understand it. I totally get it. Like often, um, often when someone comes to me, they'll have been trying to quote unquote, figure it out for a while. And that's definitely like an indication, like it's in their head. Right. Yeah. And, and sometimes when we start working together, like the, especially when you're doing things like, um, figuring out who you figuring out, <laughs> getting clarity on who your people are and like what language would connect and trying to visualize things. And it's like sometimes, especially with words, there's a tendency to keep like drifting up towards the head. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like continually like coming back down and like tapping back in and not having to get everything perfect. Like that's a big part of it too is is a way to stay in your heart is to realize that you don't have to say it perfect. There is no perfect, you know, you're just sharing you and, and you're just getting clearer on your people and the clearer that you can get on your people and getting in, getting into, I don't want to say their head because we've been talking about that as if it's a bad thing, but like kind of walking in their shoes, Mm -hmm. like the more clearly you can see through their eyes the more likely what's going to come out of your mouth (laughs) or in your copy or in your social media posts or like whatever it is, is going to be truer to who they are and what they need to hear without having to try to contrive it. Yeah. Yeah. I had an experience with that. Um, I don't know. It was sometime within the last year. I was going to use the word hustle in my copy And in my mind, the word hustle meant forcing. It meant figuring out. It meant like pushing. It was like the glorification of busy. And I wanted to say I was anti-hustle. And I was all about ease and flow. And so I asked in my private Facebook group, what does hustle mean to you? And I got, you know, I got a bunch of people responded. The responses were like 50-50. Some people thought hustle meant flow and ease and they were all for it and the other thought the same thing that I had originally thought that hustle was like forcing and pushing and basically I just well that word is out yeah I, that was not that, gonna help them think what I want them to like it's not gonna lead them down the path of like, yeah. <laughs> I mean that's, I, that's I was even thinking of asking them a whole bunch of questions about that but I was like well that conversation is over and that was a fascinating lesson Oh, that's so interesting. And so um, I don't know if I had shared this with you in our conversations before, but my first podcast was called Feed Your Hustle. 
Oh. And, <laughs> and my, my TEDx talk is how food fuels hustle. So a lot of my work when, you know, in the earlier days of my business as a coach was, was kind of redefining hustle and, mm-hmm. and kind of reclaiming the word. So it's, it's like, I love that conversation. Like this, for me, like it started to mean, like I had to redefine it all the time. Like when I did a talk or a keynote or a podcast episode, like whatever, I always had, was continually needing to like redefine it for people and kind of help like, okay, well, how can we like take care of ourselves to take care of our business? How can we like feed that hustle so that it becomes the energy to do the things you want to do in the world, you know? Yeah. It's so interesting. So again, like words matter. Words matter. Yeah. Words create connection. Like Mm. they're, they're magical for that, especially when we're living in an online space in the online world. And um, whether you're, you know, running a business in the online world or whether you are trying to say things that matter or just wanting to connect with people, like there are our vehicle for connection in this world, especially when you can't be like right next to someone, like hugging them or having body language or, you know. Yeah, it's, it's interesting in this online world, thinking of the people, the people you don't know that you follow on social media, like what has drawn you to them? Their words. Mm, yeah. That's so yeah. interesting. So what does it mean to you? Like what is it? Talk more about connection. It's my mm. favorite topic in the world. <laughs> I love that. Cause it's mine too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So connection is such, oh, I feel like it's the core subject of everything in my world. Everything comes back to it. I, Everything that I do in my own brand, in my own business, everything I do with clients, that what I help them do with their clients, how I want to show up in the world, like it all comes back to that, just this idea of connection. And words are just a tool to facilitate that. Yeah. And clarity is a tool to facilitate that. And to me, connection is the most important thing and as someone, so for me personally, as a business owner, as, as someone who like decided that I wanted, kind of wanted, wanted to hang up my shingle and, and be able to support other women using their voices. Um, it's what makes my business feel worthwhile is when I feel like I have a connection. So if from my podcast, if I have like a listener say that, they felt really connected to me on an episode or um, like they felt moved by something or like those kinds of things. Like I feel this connection to them, even though when I recorded it, it was, you know, one week, two weeks, three months before they heard it. Like I feel this connection to them. And then when I'm on a stage and I'm speaking, I feel a connection to the audience and I'm, creating what I'm saying in order to create connections. So whether that means including stories or whether that means like saying things that might move them. Like I feel like everything I do is like, how can I create these connections? Like me, for me, deeply understanding my people is about like, if I understand them and I use language and, and visual language and, and things that will help them feel seen, then I feel connected or they feel connected to me. And then outward for my clients um, when they come to me and they want a label or they want an elevator pitch, what they really want is to connect with their people and to call in their people. So then it like expands outwards. Okay. How can I help them connect with their people? Okay. We start with getting that clarity first on who their people even are, (laughs) like that deep understanding. And then how do we translate that into words? And then how do we put those words out there so that those people can find those words <laughs> and be called in and connect? So it, I feel like it influences everything in my world. It influences um, my relationships. It, everything is about that because for me, I mean, I'm, a, I'm not a, I'm not, it's not easy for me to do um, like, uh, what do you call it? <laughs> 
um, surface level talk. <laughs> um, I'm probably an inherently deep and intense person. <laughs> um, so yeah, connection, I would say is just everything for me. I'm right there with you. I even, so I, I'm curious actually what you think about this. Uh, the difference between service and connection. Oh, <laughs> so I'll, I'll share where I'm coming from on this. For me, because words matter to me, connection in my mind is um, open heart energy flowing from one open heart to another. It's like mm -hmm. a constant flow of energy. Service, though, is one person serving another. And it has like a bit of a hierarchical feeling to it. So I never like to think of like serving people because then it feels like they're at a different level than me. And I don't believe in that. Instead, I want to connect with them. And I believe that through connection, we lift each other up. So when I'm working with my ideal clients, we both get off the phone fired up. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So how, what's your take on service? <laughs> so first of all, I would say I'm, I see things very similar to you in terms of like my, my dream clients for myself are the ones where we both, yeah, we both get off the phone and we're both fired up because mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like this equal energy exchange. And that is how I think of connection too, is like, yeah, it's that heart to heart. It's that, um, like feeling seen and seeing yeah. someone else. And it's like creating that space for that to happen through words. Mm -hmm. And, and so for service, yeah, I find that when I'm writing my own copy or, you know, speaking on a podcast, I don't think I, I think I rarely use that word, even like the phrase service provider, even though that's like essentially who my ideal clients are, like they have a service-based business. Like I, I think I rarely use it because it feels like maybe, maybe inherently I'm sensing what you sense about it as well. And then it also feels a little bit dry to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where, where like, there's no heart in it. And uh, <laughs> so I, so I more often talk about, you know, um, people who want to make a difference or an impact or like the helpers or <laughs> um, they're, they had, they're driven by a strong mission or like things like that. Like mm -hmm. if I'm thinking of like describing people or using words in my copy and and I have talked about before, like you want to serve more people, but I find like, I realized that that was like an early iteration of some recent messaging and naturally it started to shift away from that. And it shifted into reaching more people, which then shifted into calling in your people. And that's been like how I think about it now. And it's kind of evolved away from that naturally. So I'm thinking I probably have some similar thinking to you that I hadn't really thought about before. Yeah. I mean, calling in your people to me says like a wide arms, like <laughs> welcome in, like I'm, I'm here for you. Right. And it's like, so for me, so this calling in your people thing, um, it started because this past year, so, so I love part of why I went into entrepreneurship is I wanted to be able to be location independent. And I know you like spent a lot of time doing that yourself. <laughs> and uh, so I just had that dream of like, originally it was, okay, can I work from, you know, multiple places every year? And I, I used to, you know, spend summers in a different place, things like that. And then, you know, in the last year it evolved into like this dream of having van life. <laughs> And, and probably doing something similar to what you did for that year. Mm -hmm. And, and, but whatever it is, it's like this sense of being able to kind of create whatever that is. So this past year, my, my, um, my guy, Steve and I, we, we've been on a lot of just different trips. So whether that's like internationally, we went to London, we went to Malta, which is an island in the Mediterranean for anyone who doesn't know. Um, I did a backpacking trip in the Grand Canyon. We just done like probably over a dozen, like definitely over a dozen trips. And, and while I've been on them, I've had people booking calls, like, like, um, consults with me, like not because I was going to a networking event or talking, like having surface level conversations or passing out business cards, but because they were finding me like 
on my podcast or on someone else's podcast. My message was resonating. They were coming back to binge on episodes on my show or come back to my website and check me out. And, and it was because it was the clarity of the messaging and the understanding who they were and the sense of connection. Mm-hmm. And so like when I think about calling your people, like that's like for me, that's what that means is this sense that you have, you're so clear on who it is you're calling in. So I guess in a way it's manifesting. Yeah. <laughs> you're so clear on who you're calling in and you're so clear on how to connect with them through the language you're using and through whatever you're putting out there into the world that you essentially, you are calling them in. <laughs> and, and, it, and it's all based around connection. It is totally based around connection, but it is also sound business <laughs> at the same time. And it sounds like you're also like, so you're able to connect with your people mm-hmm. and I mean, traveling, let's just take backpacking in the Grand Canyon, connect with your guy, connect with your body, connect with nature, connect with like the vastness of everything around us. Like that is connection. Right. It's like going all in on it. And that's so true because my business has been successful in other ways that I've run it before where I didn't feel connected and where I burnt out and where I wasn't saying things that really mattered to me. And so I've done a lot of work to reset things up so that, yeah, I have the space to have all those pieces. And so I can be just as successful in my business, but I'm doing it in a way that actually feels good and leaves that space and, and, and makes me excited and fired up when I'm talking about things. Yeah. So you can talk from your heart. Yes. Yes. And it just flows. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. (laughs) So takeaway message here. If you're that type of person, travel, connect with yourself, connect with your people, connect with like your soulmate and your soul. I really think though that like, I, it's like pithy as that sounds. Cause I don't like, I don't like big takeaways all the time. Um, (laughs) But I, I do feel that when we take care of ourselves, when we give our our own body, mind, and soul what it craves, then we're in the place where we can give, not serve, but connect <laughs> and call in other people to like to essentially join a movement. Yes. Oh, exactly. That. Your energy, I mean, we're talking about connection, we're talking about words, messaging, all this stuff, but your energy is probably the most important piece of all of that. And so that's definitely a part of my original, or maybe not original, but my last brand, <laughs> my last podcast and everything that that has come along for the ride and everything I do, because energy comes first. Like if you are depleted and you're drained and you're not doing the things to take care of you, if if you aren't seeing things that get you excited and, and that move you and inspire you. If you're just feeling kind of like blah, then you're not going to be calling in your people. And even if you have, like I've had times where I was having clients book consults with me and then I would get on the calls and then I would essentially energetically block them. And like, it's like I had a sign on that said, please don't hire me Mm -hmm. because I was tired. And because, you know, I wasn't this, magnetic person that I am when I am charged up and I am doing those things and saying those things that charge me up. Yeah. And I've also attracted people. I've been feeling kind of blah in my business. And then look, I attract people who are kind of blah. Right. They're exactly. Not, they're not my people. Yes. And then magically, <laughs> and I know that if this has been happening to me lately is like, I got into a place where I really was seeing things that mattered and and, you know, calling in people and just feeling really good about everything. And then suddenly the clients that I'm working with, yeah, I'm like, oh, yes, <laughs> man, these people are amazing. And then I just enrolled, um, I'm in the third week of this round of my group program. And, and like everyone in there is amazing. <laughs> like, I love these women. And I was just like really thankful. I've been doing like a lot of gratitude journaling every morning when I wake up. I do that. Um which helps me through all the waves of emotion of entrepreneurship. <laughs> and, and it's just like, it's, it's repeatedly in there. Like, wow, I am really calling in people that I love working with. Yes. It's yeah. What, that connect that resonating on that level. What does your gratitude journaling practice look like? Mm. 
this is a good question because I'm someone who has always found time for everything except for the things that take care of me. Mm. Like it's so easy for me, <laughs> which is probably why I used to support people around that. And, and so it's always a struggle for me to do those little practices that will actually take care of me. But over the years, especially in business, because it's like one of the best teachers of self-development, I have found that I need, there's like certain things that I just need to make me feel good. Like one of them is movement. Mm -hmm. Definitely like I need, like there's certain levels that I need to have or else I'm depressed. And, and then there is this other side of like all the emotions, all the feels, (laughs) when there's so many highs and lows and there's not really stability and mm-hmm. and and I'm easily carried away with like the emotional roller coaster. I just did an episode on my podcast that came out last week on on uh, navigating the emotional roller coaster of entrepreneurship because it can be such a roller coaster. And so one of the things, especially the last several months for me that has really helped me with this has been like each morning before I do anything else, having my journal. And if, and if all I write is like five lines, then that's okay. Mm -hmm. But starting off and just, and it can change day by day. So I'll either, I'll either like start and I'll just say like, I'm grateful for, and then I'll write everything that comes into my head. Or maybe I'll write I'm celebrating and I'll write three things I'm celebrating or I'm grateful for and I'll write three people that I'm grateful for and why I just kind of intuitively do what feels right that morning. And, and that kind of starts it off. And then, and then after that um, I write what my intention for the day is And this, and this part, this, um, this practice, actually (laughs) this whole thing, I've kind of evolved it to my own purposes, but it was originally, um, kind of, I guess, maybe not assigned, maybe that's not the right word, but given to me by uh, my mentor, mentor, Jada Selner. So I just want to give her that, that credit for this, but, sh- but I write what my intention for the day is for me to do. So whether that's like, I'm going to show up with my full energy to my client calls, or I'm going to reach out and follow up with the people that have been waiting to hear back from me or like whatever my intention for that day is. Mm -hmm. And then I follow it with what I like, what I want to call in. So I say like universe (laughs) and like what I'm, what I'm calling in. So it might be, you know, um, uh, 10 people in this round of my group program or, four new clients who have amazing energy or, you know, whatever it is, like the things that I don't full have full control over. Mm-hmm. And it's like setting that intention. And I find that this practice or even just having something similar to it each day, each morning before I start my day helps me kind of recenter into a more positive place, a more grateful place, a part like a place where I'm recognizing all the things that I have and all the potential and possibility that th- that's there. Cause it's so easy for me to kind of sink down into like, into a darker place or to like, to let circumstances feel personal or to be really sensitive about things. Like the, I'm a pretty sensitive person. So mm-hmm. I feel like this is like a daily reset for me. I love your use of the word recognize there. Because that's, I mean, we tend to use that word as like, oh, I recognized an old friend. And that's actually what we're doing as we recognize the things we're grateful for. And as we celebrate the things that are worth celebrating, we're just recognizing. Or Let's delete that just. We are recognizing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are. Because if like those things are there, they're there, but they don't like if you don't recognize them if you don't acknowledge them then it's as if they don't exist yeah and so as soon as you like start that practice of recognizing everything that's already there it's like your entire world shifts Mm -hmm. and it really does because because is there ever like sometimes i'll do stop drop and gratitude 
which is exactly oh, awesome. what it sounds like. Just like right now, like what am I grateful for? And I usually like, I just stop myself after going on for like a minute and I'll often just do it in my head because even in the worst situations, there's just so much I'm grateful for. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's so good. I love the stop dropping gratitude. I love it. Yeah. It's so true. And, and just like randomly doing it throughout the day or ran, or doing it during moments where like the emotions getting strong and kind of like allowing yourself to reset in yeah. my, my latest launch for my business, which is, can be a really volatile time for me emotionally. <laughs> that was a big practice that I did is like any time that I was like having the feels <laughs> mm-hmm. and feeling a little bit emotional is like, yeah, what am I grateful for? Like, like recognizing what is like, what do I have right now? Instead of focusing on like, what am I going to get? Or like, what, yeah. what's coming? What, what do I wish I had? Like, what do I have right now? And like having that sense of recognition and acknowledgement and, and like being able to sit in that and being able to continually remind yourself. It, I feel like that is such a powerful practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and it, we can even simplify it more. Like, looking at a toddler who's just been given a ton of gifts, like just going from one <laughs> gift to the other gift or, or a dog. We can take it to dogs. Mm, like, yeah, can visualize like, that oh for God. sure. And then this, and then this, and they just get overstimulated. But there's like, they're still really grateful for the toys that they've had before. And mm-hmm. that's like recognizing, like you don't just, you don't give up the old stuff. You don't, just because you're calling in clients doesn't mean that you're not recognizing your loved ones anymore. Right. Except that we're not, we're not when we're not consciously doing it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a really powerful practice to just, again, delete the just, to recognize the, yeah. the people that li- make our lives so magical, the magic that is life, that is us. It is the work that we're doing in the world. Yeah. And it's a practice that doesn't require a meditation pillow or a soundtrack mm-hmm. or being quiet for 20 minutes. Like it's, it can be a really, really simple practice that, that has really big ripple effects. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's one of the, I, and I love to use that with my clients too, just if they're in a stuck place. Like, what are you grateful for right now? And another one I like to use is what are your top three things? Yeah. Throughout the day, what are your three favorite things? Experiences, things you saw, whatever. And a lot of the times they're little things. Like I saw this really pretty flower on my way to work this morning. Or like, it's not like, oh, I won this award or I right. it doesn't have to be dinner. No, it's the little stuff. <laughs> it's the teeny tiny things. And if you do it actually like throughout the day, it's fun to see the evolution. Like, do it. You know, you've been awake for like an hour. Do your top three things. And maybe it's like the silence of the morning or whatever it is your morning practice is or, or just waking up. Yeah. And then do and- it again like a few hours later and just watch it evolve. And maybe the stuff from the morning stays throughout the day. And then, wow, you realize how powerful those pieces of your life are. It's so good because then you're, what you're doing is you're essentially training yourself to recognize when those things happen and to kind of acknowledge them as they're happening too. Like, wow. (laughs) Or like, like I can't, like, I'm so grateful for this or I'm so lucky or wow. Um, I called that in or isn't the world an amazing place? Whatever it is, like then as you're moving through your life experience, you get to live live in a way where you are recognizing all the amazing things you already have as they're happening. Yeah. And you're, you train yourself to look for them. Yes. Yeah. To be like, like life is a scavenger hunt and you're constantly just looking for the good pieces. Cause our, I mean, naturally we have this negativity bias. We hold on to the negative pieces mm-hmm. and we stew in them and like rub them all over ourselves. And we also have this option to look for the positive things, look for the beauty. And that's what we just tend to be lazy about and overlook. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's much easier to fall into, yeah, the negativity bias, 
but it's also a lot less fun. <laughs> yes. Again, follow the joy. Yeah. We get to do that. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit more about connection and messaging mm-hmm. because that's what you do. <laughs> it's what I do. <laughs> Professionally. How you are sharing your unique greatness with the world right now. What is, um, like, I guess, how would you define messaging? Mm. So uh, messaging, how I would define it is that it's everything that you're putting out into the world. So it's the way you talk about your work. It's what's on your website. It's anything you do in your marketing, whether that's your social media posts, whether that's blog post or podcast episode or talks you do for people. It's, it's just like everything that, that every way that you are communicating in the world. It's like this big pool of all that stuff. (laughs) And so a lot of times when, you know, like we talked about earlier in this episode, a lot of times people come to me and they're thinking like, they're thinking very like one liner kind of thing. And we have to go a lot deeper. And, And it's about, for me, it's about infusing that sense of connection we've been talking about into everything in getting really clear on what your core message is, what you take a stand for, like the core message behind your work, and then allowing that to infuse into everything you're putting out there so that essentially everything you're putting out there is getting you known for something and getting you known for something that people can pay you for because my clients are business owners. Mm-hmm. And so it's that, that value exchange. And, and so like there's, there's like many layers to it, but at its core, like, that is what it is, is how are you making everything you put out into the world help people understand the value in your work, have it all connect back to the thing you want to be known for, and saying things that light you up in the process. Oh my God, yes. I love the, like everything you put out there is something that you're going to be known for. Mm -hmm. That's something that I think whether we're business owners or not, we tend to forget that. We tend to forget that, well, again, that words matter and our actions matter, that just like one simple little snippet of, of what we put out there is that might be how somebody composes their story about us. Mm-hmm. Maybe how somebody decides like, oh my God, I love her energy or, oh, I don't want that energy around. yeah and and the like I don't want anyone to feel like scared to put anything out there (laughs) because it has to be perfect first but but a lot of times when people come to me they're like I'm working with business owners so when they're putting things out there it's like a lot of energy output it's it's a lot of time maybe they've like put money into it and what happened to me the first year in business was that i thought that the way to get known the way to build my business was was to kind of be everywhere to like put myself out there i wrote over 100 blog posts i produced a one day event like i did all these different things but i didn't really have the clarity First, I didn't have the clarity on who my people are, on how I could talk in a way to connect with them, on like all this this big pool of messaging we're talking about, mm-hmm. and so it was a lot of wasted energy. Yeah, and and I see that happen all the time. I have clients who come to me and they're a few years into doing this, and they're just tired, and it's not leading to anything. It's not leading to them being known for something. It's not leading to them being able to help more people, and. And so I guess part of like one of my missions is if, is to help, like, if you want to put things out there into the world, if you want to start a movement, if you want to have a business, if you want to have, um, some kind of impact with what you're saying, and if you want to call your people in, (laughs) then, then how can we actually set you up with a strong foundation so that everything you're doing is doing that? It's like leveraging the work you're doing so that you're not having all that wasted time and energy that doesn't actually do those things. Yeah. I see it as like streamlining your power. Right. Yeah. It's like honing in the focus, Yeah. right? Versus like having this scattered, like all over the place, 
where like people don't like if you go to say you go to a networking event and you've been going to the same one like week after week or something like that and still nobody knows what you do or um like 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 people not having that clear sense and takeaway or if the right people who are your people are hearing it if they don't like like they don't know that they're your people you know and you had the opportunity to kind of call them back into your world but it just goes right by so yeah, it's exactly. It's that focus so that you can have like that spotlight focus that's taking all of your efforts and allowing them to do the things you actually want them to do. <laughs> I, I love what you just said. And I love that you said like, if your people don't know that they're your people. Yeah. That's something <laughs> we don't, I don't know. I haven't thought that much about. So what does that mean? How does that happen? How do we remedy that? Mm-hmm. And this is great because when when clients come to me, one of like the first things that comes up if they like if they're someone maybe who is a new business owner and and they want to be a coach and they have training and they kind of like they're coming out into the world and and there's and they're at a point where they're like okay what's what's my title <laughs> right mm-hmm. that point we we're talking about then like often they're they're at the same time scared of choosing a niche like yeah. they want to speak to everyone and they don't want to like cut anyone out of the running because they their tools and what they do and their heart can help everyone. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of resistance at that point. But one of the things that I say to them is that unless you hone down into knowing who your person is, like so deeply, like you can't say things that matter to that person. You can't say things that connect to that person unless you know who they are, unless you have a really specific visual in your mind, then you're just going to be saying generic things that don't connect to anyone. And so like, like one of the first things is is being able to to hone in so that like instead of instead of cutting people out it's about turning up the volume for the people that you want to reach and that's where this whole deep understanding of them and then shift, like shifting that into words that are going to really connect and relate to them like that's where that comes in so you really can turn up that volume and like you said, so that the people that are your people know that they're your people. Yeah. Oh, I, okay. I like that. <laughs> I like that a lot. Um, how can people hear more of your brilliance? I'm, I'm going to end that question right there. How can people hear more of your brilliance? <laughs> Uh, so one of the best ways is I have a podcast too. It's called the unforgettable podcast. So if any of this is kind of intriguing you, if you want to hear more conversations around, you know, your words and you're like connecting through your messaging and getting clarity around that and everything, then that is a great place to hop over and check out. We just had our hundredth episode recently. So there's a lot of, (laughs) a lot of back episodes you can dive into. Um, and so that's the unforgettable podcast and, and then Instagram is my favorite place to connect and kind of get to have two way conversations. So you can find me over there. I'm at Adria Decourt, A-D-R-I-A-D-E-C-O-R-T-E. So that's a great way to come say hi over there. And, um, and then if you want to start getting clear on your message and you want a really great, um, start like with the right questions to ask and help you kind of pull that clarity out of you. then I have a free resource for that. It's the message clarity kit. You can grab that at messageclaritykit.com. And that's a great way to, um, to really tap into the things that light you up and, and that you can start tying all of your own messaging back to. I love it. And we will link to all of that stuff in the show notes. So if you didn't have a chance to write down, all those letters. We got you. <laughs> All those letters. <laughs> All those letters. Because in the letters, letters can be a lot. Adrian, Words are great, but letters. Words, no. Letters when they're all, <laughs> all that gets a little bit intense. Um, Adrian, is there anything I should have asked you but didn't? 
I don't think so. I feel like we had some great topics for conversation. I had so much fun. All right. I had a blast. Thank you so much. This is a lot of fun and I'm really psyched that I get to hit end record and we get to keep talking. I'm so happy for that too, Kelsey. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to continue the conversation, please head over to Facebook and join the group Find Your Awesome with Kelsey Abbott. It's free. And if you want more than that, go to my website, kelseyabbott.com. And there you can sign up for my newsletter and get a series of free guided meditations. And I would really appreciate it if you could head over to the podcast app and leave a review of the Find Your Awesome podcast. Your reviews help other people learn about this podcast. Thank you so much. That's all I've got for you, friends. Go forth and be awesome.